Welcome to Rollmates, the D&D podcast where I teach my wife and you about Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Greg. And I'm Allie. And welcome to episode 13? No, I think it's 12. 12? Yeah. 12 or 13. It'd be, I mean, it'd be cool if the Halloween episode was 13. Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Even though, you know, that started with Friday the 13th. Like that wasn't like the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Contrary to what people just think 13 is an unlucky number. Wait, so 13 was not unlucky before the Friday the 13th movie came out? No. Really? That's how pop, or that's how pop culture influences people. I thought in like numerology and stuff, 13 was unlucky. Like seven is lucky. I mean, numer. Well, yeah, you don't believe in numerology. Like, you don't believe in lucky numbers and unlucky numbers, but I thought numerology had something to do with it. No, I don't think classical numerology did. Uh, maybe new age numerology. <laughs> anyway, um, this is yeah. not a numerology podcast. Although, <laughs> man, that might be an episode using numerology in your campaign. Uh, belief systems. Yeah. Yeah. Rules of threes. Yeah. That's... That's- yeah. That's a thing. Dang. All right. Well, future episode. Or idea. maybe numerology could be in your backstory. Yeah. That'd be pretty interesting. In some way. Yeah. Like maybe if you have a character who, I know that in China, uh, four is considered like a curse number. I don't know about China, but I definitely know Japan. Okay, then maybe, Japan. I mean, maybe, maybe. they share. Yeah, maybe but I, I got Japan. confused. Yeah. But because uh, you know why? Why? So. Uh, oh, because like when you say four in Japanese, it sounds like death or something. Like well, the... it is Shin. Yeah. yeah. Dang. Yeah. All right. Well, so, you're welcome like for they this don't, history lesson. They don't have fourth floors in like hotels and <gasps> really? stuff. Really? Yeah. Like it's ours, cool. like us with thirteen. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Anyway, today uh, we are talking about, I forgot. Numbers. No, we're not talking about numbers. Backstories. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was your so, question. That was my question. My question has to do with backstories. Um, I feel like in the characters that I've created, I've created a lot of characters that I've played for like one session or zero session. <laughs> I just like creating characters. I think that that's... That's the most fun part That's of the process thing for, for me. people. Yeah. Um, and I feel like backstories are kind of tricky because, I mean, unless you're a min-maxer who just wants to, like, win, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. um, the backstory, I feel like, can be an impetus for a lot of people in creating a character. Like, you might get an idea of a character based on their backstory, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I, I want to play this this lost prince who is trying to redeem himself. Or, you know, I want to play this this plucky adventurer who wants to bring home honor to his family. Like, you you might think of the the backstory of that that person before you even start building out like well what's their race going to be what's their class and all that stuff um but then i feel like sometimes there's like a there's like a balance or there's like a spectrum mm-hmm. where sometimes people will be like yeah i came from this village and i'm in, like they'll just kind of throw the backstory out the window and then some people will get so into the backstory and and obsess about every single detail to the point where like they are writing the campaign for themselves 
And that's when you end up with like these main character people <laughs> who are like, well, no, we need to do this because it, it suits my backstory and like yeah. my goals and stuff like that. So I guess I just want to know like how important really is the backstory to um, to the player? Because I feel like it can help a lot with role play. Like it gives you... Um, stories to tell you know based on your Mm -hmm. backstory if you're sitting around a campfire you can tell a story based on your hometown or something or maybe you know there's interesting things to your characters like you have a phobia based on something that happened in your childhood or whatever but then also at the same time when you're like dungeon crawling or solving puzzles or fighting like the backstory doesn't always really matter that much like you can play a character that doesn't particularly have a backstory and still have a good time. So, TLDR, <laughs> <laughs> how important are backstories to, let's look at it from a beginner player perspective. This is, you know, maybe your first character, your first session. How much time and effort should you really put into building out a backstory for your character? So I think, um, for one, consider the kind of, game you're playing like if you're playing a one-shot adventure then your backstory elements might not come up all that much Mm -hmm. um although i think a great gm can you know if, if someone's just really excited about this little nugget in their backstory the gm bringing that up in the adventure in some way could um it could draw the person in again and make them want to have another adventure with that character whether whether or not it's a it's gonna um tie into the next adventure or campaign or whatever Mm um or if the or if it's just a new adventure and they say, oh, the old adventure didn't really happen, but the player themselves are like, oh, this thing was like really cool. Um, this is something I'd like to explore in a larger campaign. Mm-hmm. So in a one-shot adventure, the backstory may not come up all that much, but I think a, a good DM can weave it in mm-hmm. effectively. Um, for larger like campaigns a string of adventures i think backstory is really important for those kind of adventures do you feel like it's important for the player to write out their whole backstory at the beginning or to kind of build it out as they go because i feel Mm -hmm. like it might make a lot of sense like to build out kind of a basic backstory but then as you're going along you might become inspired as a player to make connections and like mm-hmm. flesh out more of your more of your backstory but then like is that confusing well so here's the thing and uh, this is what a lot of new people don't um really understand and i see this with new gms all the time is that you know the like there's two paths there's the left path and the right path right what and does that mean? 
I don't know what that means. No, like you're in a fork in the road. Oh, oh. I thought that was D&D lingo. (laughs) No, no, no. And the party chooses the left path, Mm -hmm. right? And then they do their adventure, blah, blah, blah. The session ends and the DM's like, oh, man, you know, I had all this stuff planned over here on the right path and da, 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 da. And it's just like you could use all that stuff. Yeah, at why another would you tell point. me that? Why would you tell them yeah, that? Yeah, like another time. Like maybe they want to backtrack and go down that right path, or maybe you just tra- like actually Jim and I talked about it. You just transport the right path over further along in the adventure, yeah. kind of thing. At least the the content. Um, but with uh, players coming up with their backstory or whether to do front story, so making it up as they go along. Um, it, it requires communication with the DM. So I think generally it's best to start off with general elements of your backstory. You know, like um, I, I, impressed, I impressed the knight and the knight took me on as his squire mm-hmm. or whatever. That's very general, but then you can be very specific beforehand in that um, you you come up with a backstory where you, you're this peasant or whatever, and you you love the stories of like knights and chivalry and all this stuff. And you, when the knight um, was in some sort of social situation and you put on this performance to exemplify this chivalric um, person and stuff like that. And then the knight is like, oh, wow, I wouldn't expect a peasant to like know all this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, let me get to know you more. And then, you know, one thing leads to another and then you're their squire Mm -hmm. or something. Or, you know, you uh, defended your brother from an attack by raiders. Mm-hmm. And then you hear from the DM, oh, like there's like orc raiders in the campaign. <laughs> then you can ask the DM, hey, DM, can my character, you know, can that attack be by orc raiders? It doesn't have to be these orcs that you're throwing in front of me, but maybe there were orc raiders and that informs my character's outlook. Mm-hmm toward orcs or something. Mm-hmm. So that's like an example of front story versus backstory. I think the more you communicate with your DM about um, your backstory, mm-hmm. the better it is in the long run. Um, so I know, and I've done this, like you'll make this pages long backstory and stuff like that, that um the well some dms don't read which is unfortunate but other but dms can say hey can you give me like sound bites so i could just process this stuff and then we'll go into the details and stuff like that you know just so you're not throwing an essay at them yeah, so so would you say that it's the DM's kind of responsibility to know the backstories of the characters as much as possible? Because I feel like the mm-hmm. DM has a lot to know and remember and plan and all of this stuff. 
Well, the ideally, before the game even starts, the DM should be planning the game with the characters' backstories in mind. Mm. So it's so the DM could, you know, they'll look over someone's backstory. They impressed the knight. They defended their brother from raiders. They have a um, they have a family farm, mm-hmm. you know. That's their pride and joy, built it from the ground up, et cetera, et cetera. And the DM could be like, uh, Raiders, not interesting. Defending brother, not interesting. Oh, they have a family farm. And, oh, what's this? This was um, this was built on land that they won in a jousting contest. Hmm, maybe the person that they defeated in that jousting con- contest is coming back for revenge. <laughs> in some way and they're like a rival or something so it it is it is up to the dm i think to plan the adventure in mind because you are trying to personalize what if you're playing uh like a uh, i don't know what you call it like the the wizards of like if you're playing curse of strahd or Mm -hmm. um um the one we're reading right now Oh, the Icewind Dale. Icewind Dale. Like, yeah. if you're, if in my head, I call them pre cooked adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, pre made. Yeah. Um, Cause, yeah, because, like, with those, you can change some stuff, but you kind of mm-hmm. got to stick to more or less the places and the characters that are set forth in the, in the campaign so that things will gel together. Yeah. And I think you, as a DM and as a player, need to have a conversation about is my character concept going to work with this campaign? Because mm-hmm. you could get really excited for a character concept and stuff, but it just might not fit, you know? It's like if um, if Harry Potter was in the Alien movies. <laughs> it's just not... It's, it's not the... Yeah, he'd get wrecked immediately, first wrecked. of all. Yeah. <laughs> but like... <clears throat> You so for example, I'm running a Storm King's Thunder campaign, mm-hmm. and it deals with like giants and stuff like that. And there are a number of ways. So I have um, one player who is very disconnected from giants, but her backstory is: I'm looking for these. I'm a treasure hunter. I'm looking for these rare gems Mm -hmm. that um, when people see them, they like forget about them. And so like there's this mystery about them that they're elusive and they disappear every now and then and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, very vague artifact. I can take that and slot it in as a MacGuffin anywhere in the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be tangentially related to giants or it could be related to an NPC within the game if they're an elf or human or whatever that is related to the gems that like I can work it into the campaign in some way. Mm-hmm. Now, if someone came up to me and said, oh, I'm from this lost kingdom from the other side of the ocean and blah 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 and i'm going to reclaim my homeland i'm gonna say no you're not because we're not going over there because there's no giants over there like we're in the sword coast here that like this is 
you know, because we like to say that, oh, in D&D, you can do everything, like whatever you want. Mm -hmm. That's within limits. Yeah. There's a certain limitation to what you can do. Like you, you can't travel off the edges of the map, you know, like in most (laughs) video games. Um, You can't just do things without consequences. You can't just make things up. And that's what I see sometimes people do is like, oh, you know, um, so these orc raiders are attacking the town or whatever, and they're led by this, you know, uh, orc with a scar over its eye, and it has a third arm. And then a player will say, oh, that is the orc that attacked my uh, my village, and I had to defend my brother against them. And it's just like, see, now, if you talk to me beforehand, I could have made some dramatic moment yeah. or something i could have played this up uh, and you know the orc could be wearing uh the bloodied banner of your village or whatever but hey you're just making shit up <laughs> that i did not agree to yeah and and b now you've kind of derailed that moment yeah um, you've like disrupted the flow because now you want to insert yourself. Like that's another way of becoming a main character is like you're just inserting yourself into the into the world. Yeah, and that that just feels like not a character's or not a player's place in no. a way to to um, decide things about like what the DM has presented, like if the DM presents a, a new character mm-hmm. for you as a player to say, oh, that's X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? I mean, aside from saying, oh, that's a goblin, like I know that's a goblin or I know, you know, whatever about that like race, but to just make up backstory for another character. Yeah. That's what you're doing is you're making a backstory now for another character that's not your character. Yeah, exactly. So like if that, in that, for that, like that example, like um what would be like an appropriate way to like the way that i would think about maybe doing it instead is i mean either to say to the dm like hey uh orc raider you know kidnap my brother or whatever um could we make it so that that's the same one like working it out with the dm Mm -hmm. Or, you know, maybe when you've completed whatever the activity was, maybe you want to talk to an NPC and get information about who that orc raider is. Because then, then maybe you can it can be a thing of like, well, I want to find the orc raider that did kill my brother or whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can get information from this orc raider. Right. But like, yeah, like I, I feel like finding out more information or moving forward in that way rather than just saying like making a big assumption. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Like you um, as the player, just like how the DM in many cases kind of goes with the flow, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, either yes and or no but mm-hmm. um, kind of mentality. The player also has to do that. You know, if if this event happens and they get this moment of inspiration that they think would add to their to their character that hasn't really that's another thing like if you've if you've been playing for a couple of sessions and your character you know 
is a friend to all orcs and stuff like that. And then you get this inspiration to suddenly, oh, this orc kidnapped my brother and now I'm an enemy to all orcs. That doesn't, that doesn't mesh. So as a player, when you notice an event, file it away, right? Write like a note and then talk to your DM about the implications of this. Like, could, could this work? Can we fit this in organically? The party doesn't know my, you know, stance on orcs or whatever. They don't know what happened to my brother. Mm. They don't even know that I have a brother because I didn't introduce myself because as a party, we don't talk about each other because <laughs> we're not role playing. Yeah. like So that's another question I have is like, say you want um, part of your backstory to involve like secrets, right? Mm-hmm. Like I used to be a murderous pirate and now I'm getting redemption, but I'm ashamed of what I did. And so I don't talk about it or, you know, I have a curse on me or something like that. Like, I think it's really fun to have like secret Mm -hmm. information that you might be able to divulge to the party later. Um, How do you, how do you do that? Because if you have a session zero and everyone shares their backstory and talks about it, or like if you're on, um, like D&D Beyond or something and your character sheets are just there. Like, how do you... Because you'll want to tell the DM about your secret stuff so they can help you... Um, so they can, like, kind of weave it into the story maybe. But, like, what do you think about not... T- like, keeping things from the other players about your backstory? Mm. Um, I, I think it comes down to player choice because, mm-hmm. like, you can have instances where all the players are in on it and they're um they're they're like helping facilitate this reveal of the secret and it's like they don't fully know how that reveal will happen just that when it does happen it will be a a great like storytelling moment and Mm -hmm. stuff like that then there are other times where yeah you you want to keep that you want to keep that to yourself because you think like shocking the group in that way it'll make for a cool moment and stuff. Yeah, and I'd much prefer to keep a secret from everyone and then reveal. Like that's so much cooler. Yeah, the so the you it's more immersive that way. I feel like. Yeah, you, you need to talk to the DM of course because the DM and the DM should work toward bringing that secret to light mm-hmm. in some form. Uh, or they're a rival pirate who survived a shipwreck or or a sailor who witnessed, yeah. you know, the, these killings and stuff and was a survivor of the shipwreck, you know, suddenly shows up and, and it's like giving you these looks because he recognizes you um, or... Or, or whatever. The DM should be working to bring that up. Now, that being said, if your whole backstory is secrets, then that's yeah, like you're that's starting. Different. Yeah, you're going to border on edgelord or you're just going to seem like this uncooperative character yeah. and the party will be like, well, 
we can't trust you. You know, it's like there's a level of trust where it's like you have you have a friend who says, oh, this is something I don't like talking about. And it's like you respect that kind of thing. But then it's like, oh, well, I don't want to talk about this. And I don't want to talk about that. And I don't want to talk about this. And it's, yeah, like, it's like, we okay, can't well, then we're trust not gonna you. Talk to you. Yeah, yeah it's, especially when your secret is detrimental to the party in a way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if you have a player who plays an angry character and the angry character gets mad at everyone regardless of who they are and they get mad at the king and the king's like get the hell out of there <laughs> and the party leaves the place with no new information, no, no nothing mm-hmm. and it's like the party is going to be like Dude. Why are we hanging with this angry person? Yeah, I feel like if there's you know? a secret, it should be something that doesn't have a huge effect necessarily on the way that the like player conducts themselves. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you go through life mostly holding the secret and just... It might affect you in certain situations. Yeah, in certain you know? situations, but um, not all the time. Yeah, but it's like then. Like it's... I feel like if you're like say you're, you're you want your character to be to, bleh, you want your character to be a werewolf, and that's their secret. Mm-hmm. It's like that's probably gonna come up too much. Like where you like where you have to to be super cagey about like what time of the month it is and where you are and like. It, I mean, it's like, like, yeah. just think of how fucking suspicious Lupin mm-hmm. was for the entire Prisoner of Azkaban book, and everyone mm-hmm. thought that he was the murderer or he was like in league with Sirius Black because he was so suspicious. But it was just because he had he had to turn into a wolf sometimes. Yeah. I um, feel I feel like the secret mm-hmm. should be like, I don't know. I'm getting so hung up on this one part of a backstory, but it's super interesting to me. Like, I feel like the secret should be. Yeah, something that doesn't particularly hugely affect the way that you behave, but could be um, brought up in very specific circumstances. Like mm-hmm. like the thing with the, oh, my brother was killed by an orc raider. You're not going to come across orc raiders every single day of the campaign, but mm-hmm. you might come up against an orc raider, and then it has like a chance to make itself apparent. Whereas yeah. like if you if if your backstory is your whole family was brutally murdered and now you're just traumatized. That's going to affect your character like every single day. Yeah. I, so like for example, so it, it, you, you got to tailor, um, you got to tailor your, tailor your secret to the campaign and the DM needs to tailor your camp, their campaign to the secret. So Mm -hmm. for example, um, being a werewolf, very extreme. Yes. That being said, what if the campaign is on a timer and it's like 30 days, you know, like he was bitten the day before the campaign started or or he was bitten two weeks before the campaign started. And so they ju- they have a fortnight um, and they're they're kind of freaking out. And the thing is, is um, wait a second. Hmm. Why is the game called that? Why is Fortnite called Fortnite? I, I just I never thought about Fortnite the game and like Fortnite meaning two weeks. Two weeks, maybe because people stay on it two weeks. <laughs> I don't know. I have to look that up. That's gonna um, bother me now. 
Yeah, so you you can tailor it around and then it's like when the moon does get full. And here's the thing is that as a DM, you could, like the player or the character could be unaware. Mm. All they know is they were bitten. They don't know if they contracted the curse, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So the player can then play it up as being suspicious, but their character doesn't actually know. So it's like uh, you you need a meta around that. Well, it can be, but it's it's up to your play group. And so, as a new player, if somebody is listening and it's like one of the first times I've ever played. What in your mind as the DM and as a player, like what what makes a good backstory? Like what kind of mm. boxes are there to check in terms of for something basic? Like we're not going for the whole involved I'm a I'm a werewolf and I'm integrating it with the story and all that. But like mm-hmm. say you're just creating a character, you don't necessarily know what the campa- campaign is gonna be yet. Um but like what kind of things should you be aware because I feel like when I think of a backstory I think of like you know like where this person grew up like their hometown like maybe what their family structure was Mm -hmm. like if they had siblings if a parent died or something um and then like why they're on the adventure maybe like what happened to um like inspire them or encourage them to be where they are at the beginning of the game like those are kind of the three things in in my mind is like where they grew up like the kind of family they and the kind of family they came from and how they ended up on this adventure so i think um well they do need to know a little bit about the adventure Mm -hmm. at least in terms of the expectations so the the gm will say oh this adventure it's you know there's a big upheaval and for some reason, giants that are normal they're normally reclusive, stick to themselves, whatever, they're going wild all over Faerun and they're attacking settlements and blah, blah, blah. Nobody really knows. So you can expect giants to be involved. You can expect the factions around Faerun to have a direct um, like hand in trying to shape events and stuff like that. So then how does that affect your backstory, that information? Because so those are potential character hooks that can tie you closer to the story. So, for example, I had a player who I'm like, giants are involved here. And he said, oh, well, what if my village, um, like, they had to give a tribute in terms of, like, slaves to fire giants and stuff Mm -hmm. and like that's that's like part of his backstory is because um like some of his friends or family were given to these fire giants and he wanted to prevent that kind of thing that ties them closer to the story now he could have started off with um before they were aware he's just like i want to explore someone who's um who has dealt a raw deal in life and their their friends or family were you know put into servitude because their village is too weak to defend themselves that's such a sad backstory yeah 
very vague, but once they know the adventure, now they can start to crystallize it. I feel like also people tend to make their backstories really sad. Yeah, they don't have to be uh, at all. But you could have easily um, just said, uh, my father went missing and I'm I'm looking for him. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how he went missing. It it doesn't really look suspicious, but uh, he left. He left something that I think is a clue, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm going like I'm on an adventure to find it, and then I just stumbled upon advent story right. hook. So back you know? to the question: so, what are what are yes. the check boxes? Okay, check boxes. I think you should. Having friends and family is huge for a DM. I like because so. Even Aragorn had Arwen. Yeah. (laughs) So having a family or friends and a hometown, I think, is great. Like if you if you have a place called home. As a DM, that is great. Now, a lot of DMs will be like, oh, well, the bad guy comes and just massacres your hometown it's like okay cliche dm (laughs) but you like there are so many opportunities for role playing Mm -hmm. um and how your hometown can fit into larger events like maybe it is at this important trade junction Mm -hmm. and so news from all corners of the realm like travel through here or maybe because of where it is placed a certain caravan comes through here that, you know, is the lead off to a plot hook or something. Um, you could have NPCs in the hometown, whether you're they're your friends or your family or just people you know, who can play off of you from a role play perspective. And maybe they have connections to other players in your party. I like I, I th- now you don't have to create an entire hometown and you don't have to create your entire family or whatever Mm -hmm. um but you can let the dm know and the dm can work with you about the details yeah Um, i mean like even just to say like oh yeah i'm from a small farming village mm -hmm. and i lived with my mom and my dad and my two brothers yeah and and the and the DM's like, okay, your you your hometown is in Gillian's Hill. It's mm-hmm. just south of Daggerford, and here's X Y Z about it. And then as the player, you now you have a name, and then you can go and like look up Gillian's Hill, like yeah. on the D and D wiki. Like you can find out, you know, a little bit of history about it, just so that when you come to the table. Like you have this knowledge that you as a player and as a character can share with the group. Um, okay, so check boxes. So check boxes. Home, family, and Home. friends. Home, family, and friends. Yes, I would prefer if your family were alive because it's like dead, dead family. It's like just just leave it you blank. Might as well be a Disney princess. Yeah, just leave it blank. Um, I think having. An actual family, like having a spouse and children or just a spouse or or significant other, mm-hmm. great. Like so many characters are single, which 
I got. I never I, would I have guess. thought of giving my character a say because I I guess I I think of adventurers like if you're in a band of adventurers at least when I'm thinking of like the classic um high fantasy, you know, medieval England vibe, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're out adventuring you wouldn't have a family. Like if you had a family, you would be home with your family unless something really important made you like drove you away from them but if you're just like vibing just but, adventuring and hanging out and like getting <laughs> loot and you know like i feel like so many people like to approach it that way then like that's kind of shitty if you have a, a but family that's the thing, and though. kids back home and you're like nah i'm just out here risking my life every day for no reason but you but, know? but that's the thing though is like then you can have that rp moment where you're in the hometown and the 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 king or or the local lord sends out a summons for anyone with a strong sword arm to to answer to answer the call because the undead are swarming the swamp and you and everyone else knows in your hometown that if the undead like make their way out of the swamp like all of the towns are imperiled so it like as a as a character it's like yes so yeah, i want to stay reason. home that's a good reason, mm-hmm. but I'm saying if you if you're playing that kind of character where you're just adventuring for the sake of adventuring because mm-hmm. you have an you know an adventurer spirit or whatever, then I I see that's kind of kind of shitty if you just left your family home and are risking your life yeah for not not a good but, reason. But so I guess my point is is that most characters played in D&D are adventurers for the sake of adventuring. So be someone different. True. You know, be that person that, yeah, you you left your spouse, you know, months ago back at home to go on an adventure and maybe you're on your way back mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I can't wait to like come back and stuff. And then shit hits the fan. It's like, oh, damn like or or you find out that yes like if i don't go on this last adventure then everyone is in trouble kind of thing so but then so now you have like more interesting things is like um so take for example um in game of thrones Mm -hmm. right ned's the main character yeah yeah oldest son stays back at Winterfell, right? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Rob is kind of an NPC. Um, Ned, player character Ned gets captured, right? And then you hear like a week later, people talking about how all these ravens flew out throughout the realms of Rob calling his bannermen to go to war. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, what if one of your family or friends or whoever uh, could write letters to you mm-hmm. telling you of current events? Or that what if they themselves are maybe not so much an adventurer, but they are like competent and they do want to do anything that they can to help you? And upon getting your last letter, they went and did the thing that changes mm. like they spoke to the queen or they or right. to an important person or something on your behalf like having close npcs even if they're off screen 
could be meaningful. Yeah. You know, so we're we're running out of time. So, what what are the checkboxes? Okay, family and friends. Yeah, family, friends, home. I think a tie-in to an adventure hook. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always tell my players, you know, here's three or four possible way reasons why your character would get into the adventure, Mm -hmm. right? And so you can work a little bit backwards of. Okay, I I need to get to this story hook because that's the most interesting to me. So in my backstory, I had event A happened that led to B, that led to C, and that leads to the story hook. Okay, kind of thing. Yeah. So you know. like, so that's what I said. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So story hook, and then um, I think, especially in D and D, I think religion is huge mm-hmm. like the gods are real in D, and i know we're in a more secular like society and stuff and that's not to say that uh you can't have an atheist character or you can't have a character who acknowledges the gods but just decides not to dedicate their time yeah. to them kind of thing but to actually see people who do miracles on the god's behalf or or the gods like come down and stuff i i think it just it makes sense and that can help skew your character's outlook towards yeah if your character is more of like a cynic then yeah they probably won't be super faithful and going to the gods and praying and stuff like that all the time but yeah i think we talked about this in a previous episode where the the gods are literally real like there's yeah tons and tons yeah. of evidence so your character kind of has to believe believe in them but they don't have to believe in them you know yeah right it, yeah so but i i do think it just it makes sense for the majority of people in the forgotten realms to to yeah. like worship one of one of them just um so there's that um, that's that's like being being a player character that doesn't believe in fairies and dragons. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like no, they're 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 here. Yeah. The, so, um, there's that, and then I think, I think an end goal, mm-hmm. like this, isn't necessarily backstory. So I mean, it, it's closely related to backstory, but this is where you talk to the DM. I'm interested in my character having this kind of arc. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not 100% sure what arc, but I, I think going in this direction, I could imagine my character, like they start off this way and then they end up sort of like this. Um, but depending on events, you know, there's like a spectrum of where my character would end up. But I, I think having an arc in mind will both help you create your backstory but then also frame where you want to focus your role playing yeah like frame your decision making like if your if your character's goal is to get home by any means necessary Mm -hmm. there that's gonna create very different decisions Mm -hmm. than if your character's goal is to like get really rich yeah and and so they can bring home money to their family or something like that like there's and i think that that's 
I mean, all of this is useful for lots of reasons, but I feel like as a new character or as a new player, having that goal is super helpful because I, for me personally, one of the hardest things about D&D is as a player is like knowing what to do, like knowing what decision to make. Like when everyone's looking at you at the table or when the DM looks out at the group and is like, okay, what are you going to do? Like, I I get this like frozen feeling, <laughs> which I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like if you have a really strong motivation, then yeah, your decisions will become clear in the moment of like, well, my character cares about X, so we're gonna try and do X. Like yeah, and and the DM can prompt you, like yeah. they can say, this person. But, is, it's, but it's a lot more fun to play with confidence than to need oh, to be absolute, prompted all the time. Well, no, absolutely. Um, but I think when you're starting out, the prompting can help build your confidence. Yeah. Because if you're if the DM's like, this person is wearing the amulet that you saw glowing the night of the attack mm-hmm. or whatever, then you as a player are like, okay, I'm not thinking about anything else. My character here is focused on 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 this so yeah. you know it's it's easy for your play the play also one one more thing i think is important to so your 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 class your race your background mm-hmm. all these have mechanics figure out how those mechanics have tied into your backstory at level one you have fewer mechanics mm-hmm. you know um but f- take for example uh, if you pick a drow, dark elf, mm-hmm. um, as your race, you start off knowing certain spells. How did you get those spells? Because <laughs> people aren't just born you like casting specific. Exactly. So how did you get those spells? When, if if you're a, uh, a paladin and your campaign is starting at level 10, how did you get your oath all the way at level three? Like, how, like, what was the moment where you swore this oath? You know, um, how did you learn the lay on hands to like heal people with your, your hands? Like, how does that channel? Mm-hmm. You know, what are your flavors of magic? You know, it's even helpful to think, you know, what forms does your fireball take? Does it take the form of like this, this, like burning angry raven's head or something and you just have raven themed magic so is this all stuff that that you have to put on your background thing in your character sheet like this sounds like a lot but it's good to get in the headspace and for two reasons one it it makes your character come to life more two so you know what your mechanics are okay so many players like they don't know what is on their character sheet because they don't read it yeah. and they don't and tying that tying those mechanics to a story helps reinforce their knowledge of the mechanics because they're really it, it it is really frustrating for your other players when they know about your character more than you do and and this is not because you're a beginner if you're a beginner people are understanding most people are understanding but if you've if you've had a couple of like uh adventures under your belt and you don't know how your wizard works 
that is that's annoying it's really <laughs> annoying um when you could cast that wall of force to block off the horde but you just default to your your you know i don't know bon- create bonfire because <laughs> you're not yeah. paying attention you know so yeah, tying tying your backstory to mechanics, I think, is huge, and that's very easy for sorcerers because mm-hmm. their m- the magic is in their bloodline. Warlocks because their magic comes from a patron, mm-hmm. um, paladins because of their oath, and clerics, and druids. <laughs> yeah, a lot of spellcasters have it kind of okay. easy. Thank you for yeah. explaining backstories to me. You're very welcome. I understand a lot better now. <laughs> and now I know not to just create backstories for characters and never play them. I mean, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe maybe you will create a character that has all the previous backstories. All the backstories. That you've come up with. Yeah, I can oh, I can create a Trill character who oh, has lived see, hundreds of go. lives and has every backstory. There you go. I mean, they made that reborn race um, mm. where for some reason you've returned to life or you've had, you have like past memories hey, and crazy. stuff. That's crazy. So there's that, there's Trill, there's mm-hmm. Time Lords who are the same thing. Like they're just reborn different. But mm-hmm. I wonder how many tropes of that character exists. Oh, tons, I That's bet. Crazy. Yeah. I never thought about that. Anyway. Um, I have to go look up what uh, where the title of Fortnite came from. So <laughs> we're gonna st- we're gonna stop here. Uh, we'll see you next week. Check us out on Twitter, Romance Pod. Check out our website, romancepodcast.com. Check us out on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/romancepod. Uh, and it. next time we'll play with our backstories, probably fully not. fleshed out. But next time, what we probably will do is have a Halloween episode, and I don't know what that'll entail yet, but it's going to be 13th. fun. Yeah. Can we eat candy while we record the Halloween episode? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that'll be fun. Okay. And we encourage you to eat candy with us. So yeah, bring yeah. your bags. Bring your bring your trick or treat containers, and um, yeah, we'll have a fun spoopy Halloween episode. Great stuff. Great stuff. See you next week. Bye. Bye.